Hey friends, welcome to the Love Intently podcast, where each week I bring you relationship experts, inspiring couples, and first-class relationship thought leaders from around the world. I'm on a mission to explore what exactly makes love last and to empower a generation to have strong relationships. I'm your host, Sophie Kwok, the chief love enthusiast who believes that relationships are the most important part of our lives. And if you're looking to build a stronger relationship or to take a proactive approach towards love, loveintently.com hosts an array of articles, podcasts, resources, and love tips to help you build and keep strong relationships. I am so glad you're here. Let's get started. Yeah, so CJ and I met in fifth grade. We lived pretty much a neighborhood apart from each other. I lived in this little circle neighborhood. He lived in the development behind me. And the joke is that my best friend and I would wait upstairs in my house for for the sound of skateboards. And that meant that CJ and his group of little friends were coming over to my neighborhood and trying to get us to come out and play. So we would go outside, we'd spend time like around the neighborhood in the retention basin. (laughs) (laughs) Just basically hanging outside for hours. Um, It turned into us dating, and so we had a little relationship in fifth grade, but that really just consisted of holding hands at the skating rink and maybe giving each other a Valentine's Day teddy bear and chocolate. (laughs) You did give me a bear, I remember that. Yeah, but we broke up in about, I think it was sixth grade. We didn't last very long. Over AIM. Yes, we broke up over Instant Messenger, uh, but regardless, we stayed good friends. We were always in the same friend group. We were in a lot of class projects together, and just I always considered him as one of my best guy friends. It was kind of an interesting relationship because I always felt like I could talk to CJ about the things I would talk to my girlfriends about, and as we got older, he just became a really close friend to me, and we ended up going separate ways a little bit in high school. And then when we got to college, we definitely went to two different schools, had different paths, um, but stayed friends. So every time we'd come home for winter break, we'd hang out in a big group. Uh, he would check in on me every now and then, like, how, how are things going? Um, and so after graduating from college, he, I remember you came to my graduation party. But I was, the big news was that I was moving to Texas. So we grew up in New Jersey and it was a big deal that I was gonna go all the way to Texas to start my first job. And I just went out there and took a risk and all of our other friends pretty much stayed back and he was like, you know, one day I hope to visit you. But again, just went separate ways. And so I was out there for about two years, maybe not even two years yet. And unfortunately, I had I went through a tragic situation where I lost my dad. And um, it was a very sudden experience. And CJ reached out to me. He actually sent me a letter. And he wasn't able to make it to my dad's funeral. But he sent me this letter that really touched me in a way. Like, I just remember being like, I, no one has ever said something this nice you're such a good friend. I hope to, you know, connect with you again soon. And so kind of stop there for a little bit and I'll let you pick up. Yeah. So during the time that I wrote that letter, I was working in at UBS wealth management outside of Connecticut uh, and New York. 
And it's funny, the pressure of the corporate world when you're right out of college, I couldn't leave to go to the funeral because it was my first week. So I thought, um, I wish I was there, but for some odd reason, because I chose work, I wrote Erin this letter um, and just told her that no matter where she was in life and where she was gonna go, if she never needed any help, uh, just give me a call. Um, because I knew that if that had happened to me, I would want somebody to reach out and just have my back no matter what. I had no idea how to empathize or sympathize. All I knew how to do was write her a letter. Fast forward a little bit, I was working outside New York City, doing a lot of personal training for myself um, in the gym, working nine to five, playing soccer, and was just like really unhappy with my life and where it was going. I was making good money, had a good job, had good friends, had all that, but something was missing. And long story short, uh, my roommates started questioning, like, you seem like you want something bigger out of life. You seem like there's something out there that, that, you're, that you're chasing. And I was like, well, there's this one girl in Texas. Um, I've always had a crush on her. I just, I could, I could never have her. Like, she's in Texas. And uh, at that moment, the person I was speaking with was like, just go fly to her. And being, I think I was like 23 or 24, I was like, no, nah, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't take that risk or whatever. But then overnight and the next week goes by and I start thinking like, can I go see her? Can I take a trip? And I actually got laid off from that job and was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to ask, reach out to her and say, I want to come visit. I want to get the heck away from New York and just see what Texas is like. So reach out to her and tell her I'm booking a week and uh, I'll let you describe how that felt yeah, when I was so, just like, I'm coming to visit for a week. <laughs> so we hadn't seen each other in a while. Like I said, I came back probably during the holidays one year, and I guess that was maybe the year prior. So it's been a while since we spent a lot of time together, and we had never really spent any time alone together. Like It was always in a group setting. So I was more than happy to have him come visit Texas and show him what my life was like and everything, but I was more so expecting it to be like, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday type of deal. So I was like, wait a minute, like a week? I'm not gonna take off work. How am I gonna entertain you? I don't know. So I was on a vacation with my best friend and I, she was closer to CJ at the time and he would go visit her because she was in grad school and she was like, don't worry. He'll make himself at home. You're gonna have a blast. It's gonna be fun. You don't have to worry about planning anything, trust me. So, <laughs> Fast forward, he comes and visits. It's around like July 4th weekend. I'm still thinking I have to have these plans and I was just like, man, he's gonna think I'm the most boring person ever because I just work, this is my life. I'm just pretty chill. And it was a blast. Like we literally had the time of our lives just hanging out, talking. I think it was the first time we've ever really spent that much time alone together. And both of us internally in our heads were thinking, man, if only I could find somebody like that. And we didn't say anything to each other the whole time because we were both thinking in our heads, like, wait a minute, you're that person nah, from fifth grade. I wrote a letter, like, uh, Wait, that, that's <laughs> at the end of the week. So during the whole week, uh, we just were going with the flow, doing, like, I was showing him around Houston. We were going out uh, a little bit, hanging around at the pool. 
And people kept coming up to us and saying like, are you, is that your boyfriend? Like, are you guys dating? And this happened multiple times. And I would tell him and he was just smiling. And in my head, I was just like, hmm, like I wonder, I guess people think we have a connection and I could definitely feel it, but I wasn't gonna say anything because part of me was just like, I don't want to ruin this friendship. We've been friends forever. And I don't know what that would bring. So the trip comes to an end. We finally said at the end, like, man, we're at this point in our lives now where the people we date, we really have to think about, like, are we going to spend the rest of our lives with them? We don't want to waste time. Like, I know better than anyone that life is short and that every decision we make is just so important for what our future holds. And so we talked about this a little bit, but then it was time for him to leave and he left me another letter. And I don't know if you, you want to pick up there. Yeah, so on the trip, Aaron has always been probably the only friend that I've ever had that is so ambitious and goal-driven um, and makes me just want to be a better human being every time I'm around her. It's like, it's contagious. And I felt it that week when I was out there, we would wake up, work out, go to the pool, meet new people, go out at night, and then just redo the same thing. And it was finally someone in my life that wasn't pressuring me to get drunk or uh, go above and beyond or anything. It was just like, let's just chill and like converse and have good conversation and go meet new people. And it really opened up my eyes to like what the world could be like with somebody else. And I really started thinking like, wow, like, this is the one, like she's the one. And that's where on, it sounds crazy, but on July 4th, I think 2015, uh, we were on a rooftop and it was like after a couple of days of people telling us like, you uh, you guys should be dating or whatever. And I'm just like, no, like she's my friend. Like I just flew out here because I want to get the hell away. And uh, I took this picture and she's smiling, looking at the fireworks. And I just like Snapchat, like, of course I'm buzz. it's July 4th. And I Snapchat all my friends, like I wish I could marry her. And I just remember, I can remember vividly that moment right now, what she was wearing. And just to be sitting here is like even crazy in itself. But at that moment, I decided in my head that I was gonna do whatever it took uh, to get there and to, to have her by my side and to provide and, and be more valuable than just a friend. And the tough part was I was supposed to move to Nashville three, three weeks later. And both of us did not want to do long distance. We had already done that in previous relationships. And we're just like, I wrote her this letter that said, you should come visit Nashville. And like, we'll just catch up in six months. And both of us were just like, yeah, we're going to the airport. And I just remember thinking in my head that I'm going to cancel this flight and stay. I was going to cancel the flight and I couldn't obviously, because I was getting ready to move to Nashville. Um, but I really wanted to, and we kept texting back and forth. And I told her, I was gonna come visit again uh, one month later and she started kind of like freaking out and was saying like, you can't do that, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. And in my head, I was like, I don't care if she tells me no, I'm gonna come anyway. And I moved to Nashville July 27th of 2015 and on July 28th, uh, so I drove 12 hours from New Jersey to Nashville on July 27th, uh, unpacked my little, I had a two-seater car, just unpacked all the stuff threw it in an apartment, and the next day I drove another 12 hours to see her in Houston. And uh, surprise, surprise, I show up on her front door like four weeks after that first trip. And then the cool thing about that is we're like, let's take a weekend trip to Austin. I had never been there, she was for South By, and I was like, I wanna check out this cool city. So we got a cool Airbnb right off Lady Bird Lake. And I just remember like 
running on that lake with you, waking up early and, and doing a run and just thinking in my head, like someday we're gonna be here. And now that we're actually like here, um, looking back, definitely there was a lot of things that happened in life, but we came here because we wanted to do a career change and a life change for both of us. And uh, yeah. Yeah, so I was just really determined to make the most of our future together and thought that the best thing for me to do was return to grad school so that I could pursue a completely different career path and UT was my number one choice and it ended up working out and we loved Austin so much and we were so happy to be here. Now that we actually just went on our honeymoon to Hawaii and it was amazing, we loved Hawaii, but we knew we were doing the right thing when we got off the plane and we're happy to be back in Austin and excited for everything that's to come. Yeah, and I think like, looking back like the coolest part is and the, the biggest advice I can give anybody is to like follow that thing that's pulling at your heart like you don't know when your last day is going to be so that little dream that you have go after it because we wouldn't be here if that wasn't happening like the brand that I started that allowed me to even follow her here to Austin was due to her father and um, just really thinking about how we want to live every second of our life and I think also knowing that you tried even if to your point earlier, you said, even if it, if I said no or whatever, you came anyway. So I think we try to live a lot of our life that way and make decisions that way. Even if it doesn't work out, at least we can live with the fact that we tried versus we didn't go after it. I take that with everything that I do in life. Even that, like you said, visiting her, um, I thought in my head, like, I've had something for this girl my entire life and I can't go any further without at least going to see her once and then afterwards I can move on. Um, but fortunately we're sitting here today and I just take that with me with everything I do, whether it's life, love or business, just go after it 150 miles per hour. The way I like to approach my perspective in life is that regardless of what your situation is, how hard or, or what adversity you're going through, um, you never know that worst thing might end up being the best thing. So I lost someone that was extremely important in my life. It was a role model to me, a best friend, and it brought me my best friend and my new role model and soulmate. So you never know. <laughs>
some types of autoimmune um, conditions. CJ has celiac disease. I have just a series of food allergies that's taken me a long time to figure out um, what they are and what I need to do to fuel my body properly so that I'm not constantly in pain and discomfort. Um, so the fact that I've gone through that has helped me be a more understanding and empathetic partner to CJ. When we first started dating, it wasn't really until we were spending a lot of time together that I noticed his symptoms were actually worse than he thought they were. He was the type to hide it and kind of stay in isolation. And since I had gone through something similar, it really was eye-opening to me that he was going through a lot of hard times with what he was dealing with and didn't really want to bring it up. Um, but the fact that I had gone through it and was understanding of everything he was feeling helped him um, really take the steps to figuring out how to get better. Yeah. And I think like as a culture, we romanticize uh, the lonely struggle and we don't necessarily, especially being a male, we don't voice what we're going through. We don't know how to deal with some of the emotions that come come up in everyday life so we kind of bundle everything up and for me that was that was my life i was struggling with digestive issues um and just a whole bunch of other issues revolving around new things in my life new jobs new cities and it just all culminated into me hiding what i was struggling with and unfortunately but fortunately um aaron had already been through those struggles so when i moved out to her she looked me square in the face and like, you have some problems, you need to go get help. I've been there. Um, and I, this is what I've done to find my own solutions. And it was really cool for me because I've had, I have really great parents and uh, I've been the doctors and all that, but I didn't have anybody there that was like, you know what, I'm going to eat a little bit differently with you. I'm going to be coming and changing my lifestyle with you and supporting you. So like having that empathy of somebody else, that's your companion do that for you kind of like changed the game for me. And I started seeking solutions that I never had before and stopped blaming um, my genetics and stopped blaming doctors and really took it into my own hands of what am I doing as a human being to make my life better, not only for me now, but for her, because I have this other person in my life that we are ambitious and have these really big things that we want to achieve in life and we can't get to them unless I'm healthy. So that's one thing that I think I can advise any other relationship that to really hit home on is when somebody's struggling in your relationship, um, don't necessarily be solutions-based, be a little bit more empathetic and just try to understand what that person is going through and just support them uh, in their journey rather than like trying to tell them what to do or what not to do. That really helped me. I really liked how you touched on how we kind of live in a culture where we're so individualistic, but the reality is, is we all need each other and the power that comes from that when we join forces is just beautiful. And I think that's something I really admire about the two of you is you guys make such a great team. Um, and CJ, you've talked about this a lot about how you guys are opposites and um, in a lot of ways, like some of your strengths are her weaknesses and vice versa. I'd love to hear more about what you guys are dreaming for together and also on your own. What are you, what are you guys building now? I'll briefly say what I mean, CJ has been working on scaling his own personal business to help other small brands and businesses grow. For me personally, I'm finishing my last semester of grad school at UT to get my MBA. 
but I'm also starting another separate journey of becoming a group fitness instructor with True Fusion, which will be coming to Austin in just about a month. And that's something that has been a dream of mine for a while to use fitness as a way to connect with people, grow a community and make it more about a workout, but more so mind and body connection and improving yourself for the benefit of other people. Um, And then I'll also be starting another corporate job once I graduate. And it's actually going to be in a field that's heavily dominated by males. And so one of my goals is to start a little side project where I'm connecting with women who are in similar situations and maybe feeling um, just a little bit of isolation or need some ongoing inspiration and mentorship for how to navigate those types of situations Um, I have an engineering background and was often in situations where I was the only girl in the room. Um, And it takes it takes a lot to really establish yourself. And I think our culture and society is still working through how females can maintain their confidence and strengths in those types of situations. So looking forward to that. And then together, we just got back from our honeymoon and had all these lists of things that we want to achieve together. And one of them was we were out there and and realizing how much travel can have an impact on what we're able to dream about and think and do together. So we'd love to start putting together some type of retreat where we combine not just business inspiration, but wellness and community and the idea of coming together to connect in a space that's not in your daily routine. Um, So we're thinking about that. And we also, both of us are, we were talking about this this morning, just passionate about education reform and teaching what matters. Both of us, we went to the same high school and we talk about how the things that we're talking about in conversations today, if only we were able to transport ourselves back to the time when we were in high school and really learn those skills and those concepts. Uh, So we see ourselves maybe getting more involved with the Austin community or other communities of the younger generation to instill what we believe is the best type of mindset to have as you navigate past high school and past the times when everything is just the next step and you sort of venture into the unknown of what do you want to do with your life? Yeah, and to hit home on all of that, um, a lot of people, I think, get stuck in the mindset of like, Aaron just went through a slew of things that we dream to do, hope to do, um, and are somewhat doing already. However, that first step is really what matters, and the why is really what matters, and I hit on this a lot with whoever I talk to, is just like finding what you're really good at and what you love to do with your life, and then just taking that first step. So. We're trying to build these communities, but we've also like already started some communities like Sphere um, here in Austin, where it's like soccer-inspired fitness, and our whole goal is to just inspire people to play a great game, both on and off the field, and ultimately just get connected to their community and get off the digital platforms. Um, I'm also going to be speaking at local education uh, platforms like UT, uh, elementary schools, and trying just to get connected into those societies and communities to just help in any way that I can. I know that there's a a lot of lacking resources, um, especially for like college students wanting to start their own thing, or maybe they have their own ideas, but they just don't know how to get started. Um, I'm I'm a really big doer and this is where like opposites attract. Um, Aaron's very good at planning um, and and strategic 
things um and then my strength comes in where like i'm just like screw it i'm just gonna do this and figure it out along the way so i think coupling that and having people understand that you don't have to do things alone and that's where that education reform comes in it's like let's all team up create a community and then operate on our strengths that's really what i'm passionate about and if there's anybody out there that's listening um always remember that like you're not alone in whatever idea or thing that you're thinking about you want to do there's somebody that's probably already started it probably already is just as passionate about you as it like go find them and then figure out how you guys can help each other because that's what aaron and i like i think embody and where how we've been able to go from where we used to be to where we're at now to where we want to go yeah you guys are both incredible at community i will say like i feel like in austin you're at everywhere and know everyone um which is incredible I would love to know how you guys go about staying connected through all the things that you guys are involved in, through building businesses, grad school, being involved in community in general. What are some practices or things you guys do? So I'd actually like to open up with, we weren't always good at this. Um, We actually struggled with it a little bit when when we first moved here. Um, I was running around going to so many meetings and events, and then Aaron was in her first semester as an MBA student, going to a lot of happy hour events and a lot of different events that I necessarily wouldn't be at or wouldn't be invited to because it was crucial for her to to really set her own self up in a good way. Um, so it put a lot of stress on us. Um, we were throwing a lot of money into school and then with me trying to get my business up and going when I first moved here, it was, it was a very stressful time. And I don't want to throw this facade out there to anybody that like things are easy or things just like fall into place. Like no matter who it is, even if it's your best friend, which is Aaron, my wife, like struggles happen. And I think what separates us is when that did happen, we're very grounded in the fact that like, okay, we're not happy um, with this certain, maybe this past month or the past week. And we communicate to each other that like, I'm not happy and this is why, and this is what I think can fix it. Um, so I just wanted to put that out there before we, before I'll let Aaron dig deep into like what we do to actually feel connected. Um, don't, don't, I don't want to undermine that. Like it's an easy thing. Like it's definitely work that we put in. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I think with both of us on such different like we have a lot of similar goals and what we're striving for at the end of the day, the big picture is very aligned, but our day-to-day lives are very, very different. So as CJ said, it was just a really hard transition for us. And some of the things that we do now that we implemented since going through that transition is talking to each other at the beginning of the week about what's in store for the week. So I'll tell him about my schedule. I ask him what meetings he has. That way it helps give both of us an idea of what our day-to-day is going to be like and when we can expect to see each other. Uh, we also like to send to set up at least some time in the week, whether it's a Thursday night, a Friday, just to spend time with each other. A lot of what we're doing is very heavily involved in the community, so it means we're always in these groups, and sometimes it can feel like we haven't had any time alone to just talk or be together or not even talk about business and everything that we're trying to get done. So setting some time aside for just being and enjoying each other's company has been really important. We also keep a whiteboard on our refrigerator that kind of has a list of CJ's meetings, Aaron's meetings, and that way 
when he texts me in the day, like, I know you have this meeting at six o'clock. Um, do you want me to get any st- things started for dinner before you come home? Things like that, where he's just able to be on top of my schedule since it changes so much and his changes so much as well. And then individually, both of us have practiced time management throughout our lives. And I think that's really carried over into our relationship. We are able to realize what priorities need to get done in the day so that we can make sure that the priority of spending time with each other is always going to be there. Where can people find you and how can we support you? You can find us in anywhere and anywhere, (laughs) I would say first. Um, But no, the easiest way to get connected with me is honestly Instagram, uh, even more so than text messages nowadays. So you can find me at, at Thrive on Life, T-H-R-I-V-E on O-N Life, L-I-F-E. Um, that would be the most direct way to find me and then also find everything else that I'm working on, my website, a couple of different businesses and stuff of that nature. And then I'll let Aaron speak to where. I try to uh, spread the community on my Instagram as well. It's Aaron.Spiration. I... Also, we'll be starting to teach classes starting in March at True Fusion and would love to see some awesome people in my classes and spread the good vibes there as well. What I love about everything you guys just shared today is just how intentional you guys are. Like it's been an iterative process um, in in being able to be intentional and connecting because you're right. Like you guys are both always running around and doing so many things. So I just want to take a moment and acknowledge both of you and say thank you for the lights that you guys are in our community and all the ways you inspire people to thrive um, in every area of their life. And I just, I've always loved every conversation I've had with both of you. So thanks for being supporters and friends and just community leaders in Austin. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Yeah. That means, that means more to us than, than we can even describe, uh, We've both lived in in multiple cities across the country, and and Austin has been by far the best the best place possible and for us. And that's because of people like you, Sophie, and everybody else in our community. That honestly, they're the one, they're the inspiration to us uh, to get better. Because for me, especially, and and for Aaron, like we have these communities um, that we feel we can provide value for, and like I just want to keep getting better for them and get better as a human being and as a male and as a future father and a husband. And I think if there's one thing that I can leave anybody else out there with, it's to find that community. It's to find people that are like-minded with you because the world is a huge place and there's over a billion people on it. You're never alone. Um, And I know I said this before in this, but it's just so cool to to speak with you and, and other founders who are after something bigger than just a paycheck. So I just want to say thank you for having us on and I can't wait to help you more along the line. So any, any help you need or whatever we can do for you, just feel free to reach out. Thank you so much. Uh, what is the one thing that you guys wish you knew earlier in your relationship? It's hard to put a specific on it. I think the whole entrepreneurial path was something that sort of came as a surprise to me. I have always been the type with a plan, with something at the end that I'm working towards. And when we got to Austin, actually right before we moved to Austin and CJ decided to take this leap into entrepreneurship and pursuing his own ideas, that was a huge transition for me. And 
to learn how to navigate that and be supportive has been something we've been working on a lot. And now that I'm starting to see the light and see that this is sort of what I want to pursue as well, it's been really helpful. I think one of the things I'd like to preach to other people in relationships is to be open-minded, to not really rely so much on a plan, to be successful in a relationship. I think you have to, what we think has been helpful for us is that sacrifice of what has always worked for us individually is not necessarily what's going to work for us together. And just having an understanding of that and an openness to work towards what's in the best interest of both of you as a team. I think for, for me, one thing that I wish I would have known um, is more along the lines of slowing down and, and patience um, that you have to have in a relationship. I used to think and be very heavily solutions-based. Um, coming from an engineer and a consulting background, I just throw solutions at everything. I th- view things as black and white, and this is the way that it's meant to be. These are the facts. And I think in a relationship, the biggest thing that you can learn is just to have patience, not only with, the, uh, with your partner, but with yourself, um, and understand that we are growing together. We're not as good as we wish we were, um, but that's not a problem. I think in society, we have this fight or flight mode that we've gotten into where you have the Tinder and the Bumble and whatever. And like when, when one little thing goes wrong, we just flee. And I know in my past it was like that. And then the relationship with Aaron has been completely different because we speak about let's be patient and let's work together on these certain things. We know we're not good at it. Or for me, for instance, um, I don't always approach problems the correct way in in Aaron's view. And it's Aaron's view that I need to respect and be patient with um, and not be aggressive towards it of like, this is the solution. This is what you need to do. So one thing for me, and I think a lot of males out there could agree, is just like having patience is one of those things that we can definitely work on, patience and understanding of our partner. So I wish going back in the day, five years ago, 10 years ago, um, I could have been a little bit more patient, but it brought me, brought me to where I'm at today. And now I'm just happy that I have the self-awareness to like continue working on it and become a better person yeah. for Aaron as we go forward. And I just think adding on to that a little bit, the little bumps that happen in the beginning, if you can navigate those successfully, um, it goes a long way for all the bumps that are going to happen throughout your life together. Uh, we try to view it as everything, like the more we argue it's a productive, it's a productive thing. We're growing together. We're not viewing it negatively. We're viewing it as, okay, how can we be better for each other? And the next time a situation like this happens, that way we're just prepared. We know that we haven't experienced all the hurdles of marriage and that there's going to be many more that come with life and its ups and downs. So just viewing it as these things aren't necessarily a bad thing. I think a lot of other relationships that we've talked to and friends in our life, um, whenever there's some type of disagreement or argument, they view that as problematic versus a positive growth experience. Yeah, that's so powerful. My next question is, what is the best relationship advice you have ever been given or uh, could give? I always try to tell people that it's never going to be perfect. Um, The grass is not always greener. Um, It's more about 
finding someone that is a good teammate and that will support you and make you happy. Um, I think going back to what we just talked about, um, the little things are the big things. And if you can get through that together, then you're going to be a good team. I think not being turned away from small disagreements or the little things, but focusing more on the big picture. Yeah, I think to hit on that, the biggest advice that I could give and not necessarily that was given to me, I kind of fell into it um, because Aaron loves to do the same things that I like to do, is don't necessarily go after people that, or go after, you're not hunting. (laughs) Um, Don't necessarily (laughs) hang around uh, or try to find significant others that have the same exact personality as you. I I would stress to find somebody that has a different personality as you to help you grow, but that they like and are passionate about the same long-term goals as you. Um, Because for me, the biggest thing that I've noticed in in our relationship over the past four years is like on Friday night when we're working out in the gym, it's never Aaron being like, why are you going to the gym? Uh, In previous relationships, I had my other half asking like, why are you going to the gym so much? Or why are you spending so much time doing this and not with me? You, you get rid of that problem if you're both doing what you love to do on that Friday night or on that Saturday morning, whatever it may be. And then when you get into vacation and travel, if one person likes to literally run around and go to all the excursions and the other person just likes to sit at the pool, it's going to be problematic in the beginning of your, your relationship. And you either need to communicate and compromise or nix it right from the get-go. Um, and that's what I think causes a lot of pain in relationships is during the honeymoon phase, people are willing to compromise, but then like six months, a year, two years into it, they don't want to compromise their entire life. Um, and I don't necessarily think that they should compromise their entire life. I think if they were more self-aware from the beginning, being like, I'm this type of person, I need to find someone that's relatively similar in these areas so that it's re- less stressful less anxiety inducing and things of that nature because that's the one thing that like we just got back from our honeymoon we didn't plan anything when our honeymoon and that would drive some people crazy but for Aaron and I we literally just show up and we just take it for what it is and we love it Um, meanwhile she has very different personality traits than I do and we both help each other grow in that area so that would be my biggest advice piece for for anybody out there It's definitely communication. I think that's the biggest piece of advice. Like whatever you're feeling, if you feel like you can't talk to your partner about it and and get their honest and genuine feedback, then you have to reconsider. Um, Communication is like the key to growth in our relationship and what we think we'd like to share with everyone. It's just make sure you're constantly communicating and talking about how you feel and making sure your your partner understands why you get triggered by certain things and why you feel certain things and so that they can continuously work on improving their reactions to um, whatever those things are in your life. Yeah, CJ, I remember you sharing that with me the first time we met and that's always stuck with me is finding someone that they don't need to have the same personality type as you and all these other random things. But if you guys are aligned on the life you want to build and the lifestyle that you live. Um, and so, yeah, that's just been a piece of wisdom that's really stuck with me. Yeah. Like if, if you're a man or woman and 
one person likes to stay at home and watch Netflix and you like to go out and do all these things, like it's, it's just never going to work. Like, unless you both agree that like you have that separation, but from what I've witnessed in the past, that doesn't, it doesn't work because in the first year you can deal with it. But as you go on and on and on, the other person starts outgrowing that other person and it's just never going to work. So you definitely, the one thing that we've done is when I first started dating her, it was like, where are we trying to go with our lives? Like, does your line, does your life align with mine? And for her, it was like, she wanted to go back to school. So I was like, okay, here's the compromise. You go back to school. I'm going to take a crack at running my own business. Like we're, we're, we're paying for your school. I'm going to put my energy into my own business. That's a compromise. And then we're going to say, all right, two years go by, let's reevaluate. Now, where do we want to go? Are we on the same page? And then like constantly iterating on that. And like Aaron said, that just comes with communication. Like the number one thing you have to have is at the end of the day, if, if you're mad or sad or angry or feeling sick, like you need to voice that to your significant other. And if you feel like you can't, you're not in the right relationship. I'll tell you straight up. How long were you guys dating seriously before you had that conversation? before we even dated the reason so like for anybody that knows my story like i i drove out to aaron like 12 hours and then another 12 hours and like what made me want to do that and why i believe that she was the one was because of everything that she talked about uh wanting to achieve because for me back in the day like when we were high school she's like i want to be an engineer i want to do this and i saw her achieve those things so when i started having these new conversations with her and she's like, I want to make a bigger impact. I maybe want to start a nonprofit. Um, I want to be a fitness instructor. I want to do these things. I immediately was like, wow, that those are all things that I know you can do and you're going to do because I've seen you achieve things in the past. And it's something that like, I want to support. I would love to put you above me for those things. And that was a new feeling for me, especially in, in today's world where, like you said, it's individualized. It's we're always attacking like our own goals. But for once in my life, I was just like, man, like I will literally give up anything for Aaron to go back to school. Like I basically quit my job and I had to move twice. Like I'll give up anything and just make it work because I want to see through her goal, not necessarily my goal. I think for our relationship, it was a little different because we had known each other. We, we were reconnecting and relearning who we grew into as adults. But I think in newer relationships, the sooner you can have conversations about the way you want your life to unfold, the better. Um, I, I think, again, we had an advantage because we, we trusted each other already. And I think in newer relationships, it takes a little while to build that trust, to really um, dig deep into what you want. And, and not everyone thinks about that stuff. So I think if you're someone that does and you find yourself with someone that may not have the ability to, to think or or even reflect, um, that's a huge, huge part of it as well. That leads to my last question of what does it mean to you to love or love intently? Um, I have an example. So Erin's becoming a fitness instructor and she's had this dream for, for a couple of years now and it's finally aligning for she's going to be out of school and she has time to put into it. So even months before that happened, we had talked about she loves Peloton. And for anybody out there, Peloton is like a digital spin class where you come home and you tune in on your bike and you see these really awesome, inspirational, badass instructors from New York City basically teaching you in your living room. And Aaron has been talking about them for months and months and months in 2018. And the agreement was we were going to get her a bike for Christmas. Um, and 
Lo and behold, I knew that she had this dream. So two months before Christmas, I surprised her with the bike so that she can get started on her goal even faster than what she had thought. And the reason I tell that story is just to give people a, a visual. But for me, like to love intently means that you're going above and beyond and out of your way to support somebody else's goals, aspirations, things that they want to achieve in their life, even though it might not be something that you 100% are all about. So for instance, like I don't really do spin. Um, I don't necessarily like spin or you won't catch me on a Peloton bike. However, like when she's a spin instructor, I'm going to be their front row high-fiving other people in the audience and making myself look like I'm a spin person. <laughs> and then afterwards, uh, supporting her in that dream and in that mission. And for me, that's what embodies it. And I didn't have that feeling as an individual of wanting to do that until Erin, because she wants to do it back for me, so. <laughs> I have a slightly different personality, I think. I, I'm, of course, I'm so appreciative of that situation that CJ did for me and everything, but I've never been the type to feel like I needed material items or anything to feel validated in love or relationships. And I think for me, it's more about conversation and connection. And with CJ, our relationship is really, I think, built on the fact that we come home from events with other people and we talk about like how we can improve individually and together. We always are calling each other out on our faults and I'm offering him perspective as to like how he can do certain things better and how he might have affected this person in this way. And having someone that's that that cares that much about who you are and who you are like as a couple, I think has been really, really what I think it means to love intently together. Just not just having deep conversations about what we want to achieve, but just all the little things of like how we can interact in society better and be better about like the, the pressure we put on ourselves and definitely calling each other out on our weaknesses and helping each other with our strengths and even recognizing them. Um, it's been, I've always been the type of person that like, I'm not, I, I have an inkling of what my strengths are, but it wasn't until I was with CJ until I felt like I should pursue them and attack them. Um, he's been the person that has encouraged me to go after a lot of different things. And I think because we are different, it's easier for us to say, you're really good at this. You should go full force into this and, and support each other. Thank you so much for listening. We believe the greatest stories are love stories, which is why we partnered with Live a Great Story this month to bring some of our favorite stories to you. You can find us on Instagram at Live a Great Story or at love.intently. And you can find out more on everything that we're doing this month at liveagreatstory.com or loveintently.com. Thank you so much again. And until next time with love and intention.